0: I want to invite you to take your Bible to 2 Kings chapter 6, 2 Kings chapter 6, and I want to call your attention to verse 1, 2 Kings 6 and 1. This is what the scripture says. It says, And the sons of the prophets said unto Elijah, Behold, now the place where we dwell is too straight for us. Let us go, we pray thee, unto Jordan, and take thence every man a being, and let us make us a place there. Where we may dwell." And he answered, "Go ye." And one said, "Be content, I pray thee, and go with thy servants." And he answered, "I will go." So they went with them, and when they came to Jordan, they cut down the wood. But as one was felling a beam or cutting a tree, the axe head fell into the water, and he cried and said, "Alas, master, for it was borrowed. And the man of God said, "We're fell it." And he showed him the place. And he cut down a stick and cast it in thither. And the iron did swim. She said, "Wait, Pastor Benny, you believe this axe head swam?" Uh huh. I do. See, folks, I just believe the Bible. I I I just believe the Bible. I believe that Noah survived uh, the water. I believe Moses parted the water. I believe the axe head swam on the water, and I believe Jesus walked on the water. Amen? Amen. I just, I just believe the Bible. And verse 7 said, somebody said, well, I have a problem with this. I, oh, folks, if you can get past Genesis 1 and 1, you can handle it all. Amen? Amen. <laughs> In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Look what verse 7 says. Therefore he said, take it up to thee. And he put out his hand, and he took it. There's a verse that years ago I was reading, and this verse jumped out at me out of this text. This is one of my favorite stories. Verse five says, And as one was cutting down a tree or felling a beam, the axe head fell into the water, and he cried and said, Alas, master, for it it was borrowed. It was borrowed. And what I want to do, I want to talk to you about, I'm grateful we can borrow some things. I am grateful we can borrow some things. I ran across some quotes this week on borrowing. Somebody said, don't marry for money. You can borrow it cheaper, amen? (laughs) Somebody said, if you want someone to remember you, if you want someone to remember you, just borrow money from them. Amen. Before borrowing money from a friend, decide which you need the most. The only man who sticks closer to you in adversity than a friend is a creditor. Amen? Well, I want to give you this story. It's the story about Elijah. Elijah Elijah was mentoring some young preachers, paraphrasing a little bit. He was working with them. He was working with young preachers. And to be honest, we, the class started growing. And they decided they needed to build a bigger place. You know what I truly believe, folks? I believe if a church is really doing what it ought to be doing, it will constantly be in a building program. I believe if a church is really doing what it ought to be doing, it will constantly be in a building program because you'll need the buildings, not as trophies, but as tools to reach people. And they said, we need a bigger place. So literally, they go down by the Jordan River. They go down by the Jordan River. And I never, I don't know, I never put it together this till this week. I spent a lot of time at the Jordan River. Many of you can say, Pastor Benny baptized me in the Jordan River. I've had a lot of memories around the Jordan River. It was right here in the Jordan River where this young preacher was cutting down a tree to build a bigger place, and the axe head came off the axe, and it went into that river, folks, that river where I baptized Barbara. It went into that river, and he said, oh, my goodness. Now, you got to understand something, folks. You say, well, Pastor Benny, uh, it, was, it was an axe head. It, it wasn't that important. No, no, no. It was very important. Because you've got to understand, at this time, there was no blacksmiths in Israel. And according to 1 Samuel 13 and 22, only two men in the entire nation had a sword. That was Jonathan and Saul. So you've got to understand to have a piece of metal and to lose it, it was, it was so rare because you've got to understand, it was so precious. He said, see, I've borrowed it. I've lost it, and it's so precious. And here's what you've got to understand. Everything that we have, ladies and gentlemen, Everything that you have that is precious or valuable is borrowed. Everything that you have that is precious or valuable it's borrowed. You say, Pastor, what are you talking about? Well, I wish we could, I wish our world could realize this. First of all, do you realize that your talent is barred from God? You know, I never have understood audaciousness. I've never understood. I know people that I know people literally that can strut sitting down. <laughs> My poor mother is, would say of them, "I'd like to buy that guy for what he's worth and sell him for what he thinks he's worth." But I've never understood any audaciousness in any of us. I really don't. Whatever you do extremely well, you say, Pastor Benny, are are you intimidated by people that are extremely good at things? No, no, no. I'm in no way intimidated by any of them. Because here's what I know. God creed us all equal. God creed us all equal. Will Rogers said, we're dumb all in different areas. But I changed his statement. I said, we're smart, all in different areas. See, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 25 that a man went into a far country and he was giving away talents and he gave one man five talents and he gave another man two talents and he gave another man one talent. See, what we've got to understand, folks, whatever your talent is, whatever your talent is, it's just barred from God. It's just barred from God. There's no reason for us to be audacious. There's no reason for us to be proud. Because see, whatever you can do, God is the one that bestowed that upon you. Whatever you can do, it was God that bestowed that upon you. I remember a a night here at Rock Springs Church. I stood right here in this pulpit, and I introduced Ben Carson. I remember introducing Ben Carson and... Ben Carson's the guy that conjoined Siamese twins in 1987. They was connected at the head. And he was the first man ever to separate conjoined Siamese twins. Literally, the doctors before had told that mother. She gave the testimony. They had told that mother, you decide which one you want to live You decide which one you want to live, and you decide which one you want to die. Can you imagine being faced with something like that? And Ben Carson in 1987, he operated and separated those Siamese twins. Now, here's what's amazing. I made that statement, and I said Mr. Ben Carson did that. And if I live to be 100, ladies and gentlemen, They took a picture of him when I made that statement. And when I said, Mr. Ben Carson did that, this is what he did. He literally pointed. That's the picture. He literally pointed. Said, no, not me, but God. Not me, but Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, oh, it'd be a great day when we realize if if it's singing, it's from the Lord. If it's sewing, it's from the Lord. If it's music, it's from the Lord. If it's mechanics, it's from the Lord. If it's medicine, it's from the Lord. If it's masonry, it's from the Lord. If it's plumbing, it's from the Lord. If it's preaching, it's from the Lord. Because it's God. It's God. Who gives us those talents. It's just borrowed. And let me tell you something. God can choose to take his hand off you. God can choose to take away your talent. Whatever talent God's given you, you ought to be using for the honor and the glory of God. Nobody's saved to see it. It's just borrowed. Let me tell you something else, folks. Your treasure's borrowed from God. Your treasure is borrowed from God. You want to determine how rich a man is? Add up all those things that a man has that money can't buy and death can't take away. That'll tell you how rich a man is. You remember when the children of Israel, according to Deuteronomy, were going into the promised land? He said, you're going to go into the promised land and you're going to have big houses. And Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 11 through 14 He said, you're going to have wonderful things. But he said, beware. Because if you're not awful careful, folks, you'll forget that it's from the Lord. You said, but wait, Pastor Benny, I've worked hard. I know you've worked hard. But Deuteronomy 8 and 18 says, it's the Lord that gives you power to get wealth. I counted dollars while God counted crosses. I counted gains while he counted losses. I counted my worth by those things gained in store. He sized me up by the scars that I bore. I counted the honors I sought the degrees, but he counted the hours I spent on my knees. And I never knew until one day by a grave how vain are the things we spend our lives to save. Let me tell you, folks, it's all going back in the box. I heard about a guy that, Every time he'd get a new CD, he'd put it up in his box in his attic. Every time he'd buy more stock, he'd put it in the box in the attic. Every time he'd get extra money, he'd put it in the box in the attic. He said, when I go to heaven, on my way up, I'm going to grab the box. (laughs) He died. His wife said, I wonder about the box. She went up in the attic. The box was still there. She said, I knew he should have put it in the basement. (laughs) This is what I know, folks. You're not going to take it with you. You're not going to take it with you. Your treasure, it's just borrowed from God. Just borrowed from God. Tell you what else is borrowed from God. Your time is borrowed from God. God. Your time's borrowed from God. Life's like a roll of toilet paper. It comes off faster as you get to the end of the roll. <laughs> I remember as a boy, I used to get those that stuff. You would blow it and whew, make a ble- vapor. And in a few minutes, it'd be pop. It'd pop. You know what I'm talking about. James four and fourteen. What is your life? Is even a vapor that appeared for a little time and then vanished away? Ben Franklin said, "Does thou love life? Then don't squander time, because that's the stuff that life is made of." God's got a purpose for you. God's got a purpose for me, and He's given us so much time to accomplish it. Your talents—it's just—it's just borrowed. It's just borrowed. Your treasure, it's just borrowed. Your time, it's just borrowed. Your health, it's just borrowed from God. It's just borrowed from God. Acts 17 and 28 says, For in him we live and move and have our being. Jennifer Worth said, Health is the greatest of God's gifts, but we take it for granted. Yet it hangs on a thread as fine as a spider's web, and the tiniest things can make it snap, leaving the strongest of us helpless in an instant. See, Brother Benny, I've got great health. It's just borrowed from God, it's just borrowed. We ought to thank him every day for the health we have. What a thank you, folks. Oh, I have to go to church. Have to go to church. Have to go to church. We ought to thank God that we get to go to church. We ought to thank God that we got the ability. I had to park a long way away. Well, thank God you can walk. Thank God you can breathe. The world is mine. Today, up on a bus, I saw a very lovely girl with golden hair. I envied her, she seemed so happy, and I wished that I was that fair. When suddenly she rose to leave, I saw her hobble down the aisle. She had only one leg as she passed with a smile. Dear God, forgive me when I whine. I've got two legs, the world is mine. Then I stopped to buy some sweets. The lad who sold them had so much charm that I talked to him a while. It would do no harm. As I left, he said to me, I thank you, you've been so kind. It's nice to talk with folks like you. See, he, he said, I'm blind. Oh, God, forgive me when I whine. I have two eyes. The world is mine. Later walking down the street, I saw a child with eyes of blue. He stood and watched the others play. It seemed he didn't know what to do. I stopped a moment, and then I said, Why don't you join the others, dear? He looked ahead without a word, and then I knew he could not hear. Dear God, forgive me when I whine. I have two ears. The world is mine. With legs to take me where to go, and with eyes to see the sunset glow, and ears to hear what I should know. God, forgive me when I whine. I'm blessed indeed, the world is mine. See, our talents are from God. Our treasure, our time, our health. I mean, I won't camp here long, but your opportunities are barred from God. Your opportunities are barred from God. All the things that the Lord allowed us to do, it's just borrowed. It's just borrowed. I got to thinking about myself. Not this week, but next week. If you've ever, if you've ever met a man with south in the mouth, it's Benny Tate. But next week, go to New York to preach to New Yorkers. Why would a man like me, why would I be allowed to do that? It's just an opportunity that's barred from God. And you have opportunities that are just barred from God. Let me tell you the sixth thing that's barred from God. Relationships are barred from God. Relationships. The people that God's brought into your life. I heard about a man that lost his wife. They were going to bury her down by the creek. And the pallbearers were carrying her down through there. And right there by the creek there was a big rock. And one of them stumbled. And jarred the casket. And that woman resurrected. By the way, this is a true story. And she lived 10 more years. But she eventually died 10 years later. The bears were carrying her right down by the same creek. and Before they got to that stone, the husband said, careful, boys. <laughs> now, that's a joke. But you know what I've learned to realize? God was right in Genesis when he said, it's not good that man should be alone. God was right. I'll tell you something else. God was right in Proverbs 18 and 22 when he said, a man who finds a wife finds a good thing. You nodheads, you better say "Man, <laughs> A man who finds a wife He finds a good thing. I love the church. I love the ministry. I love deacons. I love Christian radio, Brother Joe. I love it all. But before there was any of that, there was a family. What God's trying to tell us is relationships is what's really important. You know what I know about God? Many times when God takes somebody out of your life, you'll look up and before long, He'll be bringing somebody else into your life. That's what the Lord does. Because He knows how much we need relationships. When I was young, I'd travel and preach, 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 preach. Gone, on, gone, on, gone, gone. And now I have a wonderful man, Brother Matt Akins, who travels with me. But he don't go all the time. Because if it's possible, I like to take Barbara. Yeah? I'd rather be in a bedroom with her as him. <laughs> because as I've got older, I understand the importance of relationships. I understand the importance of time. I grew up in a culture, and I'm almost done. If you get finished before I do, just leave. I grew up in a culture where there wasn't a lot of expression. I grew up in a time where, as as, as growing up, I never remember my mother saying, I love you. I I never remember my mother hugging me. I never remember my mother embracing me. I never remember my mother uh, showing any kind of affection. I never remember mom saying, I'm proud of you. I preached this week at a place and mama came to hear me preach. Now mom's got old. And every time I talk to her, if I talk to her twice a day or twice a week, every time I talk to her, she's, Beanie, I love you. Benny, I'm so proud of you. Benny, I love you. Because listen, Mama's got old enough, she realized what's really important. What's important is relationships. What's important is relationships. I appreciate you liking to hear me preach, but let me tell you something. If Barbara and Savannah said to me, he's not the real deal, I'd get out of it tomorrow. I'd get out of it tomorrow. Because what is success? Success is the love and respect of those closest to us. And the relationships that we have, cherish them, ladies and gentlemen. They're just borrowed from God. They're just borrowed, and they can be here today and gone tomorrow. Let me give you one other thing, and I'm done. Do you realize? Come up real close. Salvation is barred from God. Let me explain. That axe head that fell in that Jordan River—that's a picture known. We're we're not going yet. That's a picture of you and me. You say, Brother Benny, how could that axe head be me? I'll tell you how that axe head—you—that axe head was lost. That axe head was lost, and ladies and gentlemen, we were lost. You say, well, the axe head was lost in the water. What did they do, pastor? Well, read the text. They put a piece of wood in the water. The piece of wood represents the cross. The axe head was lost. (laughs) They put a piece of wood in the water. The piece of wood represents the cross. After the piece of wood was placed in the water, the axe head began to swim, so a miracle took place. Oh, folks, as a 16-year-old boy lost his last year's Easter egg, I came to the cross of Jesus Christ, and a miracle took place. He saved my soul. Now, here's what I want you to understand. Our salvation is borrowed. You say, Pastor Benny, how can you prove that? Look at Psalms 51 verse 12. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Oh, no, no. No, no. Not restore unto me the joy of my, but restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. It's borrowed from him. It's just barred, folks. See, 82% of Americans believe, as our musicians are coming, 82% of Americans believe if you'll just be good enough, you can go to heaven. See, they're depending on my salvation instead of thy salvation. This is all I'm going to say. If you can be good enough to go to heaven, got one question, I'm done. How good do you have to be? How good do you have to be to go to heaven? I'll try to be that good. But reality is, I can't be that good. The only way I can go to heaven, friend, and the only way you can go to heaven is through coming to that cross. You got to be like that accent. You got to say, I'm lost. I need direction in my life. I'm lost. And ladies and gentlemen, you come to the cross and ask God to forgive you because He died for your sins. And a miracle will take place because He'll save your soul. He'll wash your sins away, never to be remembered against you again, and you'll be forgiven, fully forgiven. Friend, I'll tell you what, I'm grateful we can borrow some things. Every head's bowed and every eye's closed. Friend, I trust the message today has spoken to your heart. And if you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, I want to challenge you to do that today. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. And I've often said it's as simple as ABC. A stands for acknowledge. You've got to acknowledge that you're a sinner. B stands for believe. You've got to believe that Christ and His blood was shed on the cross for your sin. And then C, you simply must confess your sins to Him. I want to encourage you right now to repeat a simple prayer with me. I'll pray the prayer. You repeat it with me if you'd like to accept Christ as your personal Savior. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. But God, I'm sorry for my sin. I'm so sorry I want to change. I believe that you died for my sin and I confess my sin to you right now. Come into my heart, Lord, and forgive me of all my sin. Now thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. Thank you for coming in to my life. Amen. Friend, congratulations on the greatest decision that you'll ever make. And I want you to know This decision is not based on how you feel right now. Because God's not a feeling. He's a fact. This decision is based on the fact that you have done what God's Word says you must do to have eternal life. So congratulations on the greatest decision you'll ever make. And thank you for being with us today. God bless you and we'll see you soon.